The following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to advance the Lordship of Christ, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca. All pray to Richard Dawkins because he is a godlike figure. You know what I find very, very interesting? That those people who say, oh, I, I hate God and religion, all that stuff, and they make, well, not in a London accent, but they make all the, these jokes. It's, it's not that they then become very free-thinking, whatever that is. They just bring in another God and another ideology, another liturgy. When, when uh, poor Chris Hitchens died, uh, there was a cult of Christopher Hitchens. And the same around Dawkins and Sam Harris and all the rest of them. They, people listen to their every word. What do they think? What do they think? Well, believe me, they're very fallible. And Richard Dawkins in particular, who is, come on, one of the great public intellectuals of the world. He's enormously well-known. He sells probably millions of copies, certainly hundreds of thousands of copies of his book. I'm not sure how many people actually read them, but they certainly do buy them. But now we've found out something rather interesting, that he, he's very choosy in who he will debate with. And there are all sorts of people who will say, no, no, they're not worthy, they're not really qualified, which is a, a euphemism, a, a smoke screen, a, a miasma of dishonesty. What he's really saying is, they frighten me. Scott Masson is a, an academic teacher, professor, associate pastor at Westminster Chapel and all sorts of things. Great to have you here. Great to be here, John. And I suspect that you know all this anyway about Dawkins. We just received an email from the UK that really revealed some information, but he's notorious for this, isn't he? He is notorious for this. He's uh, publicly ducked uh, leading apologists who've, who've offered to debate him. Yeah. Uh, one American apologist in particular went there. And Dawkins declined to debate with him, saying, who is this man? I don't want to give him any uh, profile. Well, he's the leading apologist, uh, uh, at least amongst certain Christians. By apologist, by the way, we don't mean saying sorry. We mean explaining and justifying. Rationally justifying the Christian faith. So he would be the ideal man to speak to the issues that Dawkins is addressing. I've just forgotten his is name. Is that William just, Lane Craig? William Lane Craig. I've it. interviewed him a couple of times. He's a very impressive man and he's also a, very he's, clever. He's highly intelligent yeah. and, uh, and he's given a great deal of credibility. He's a very good debater and I think this is the reason that uh, Dawkins ducks him. The other man he's <laughs> ducking, quite frankly, is this, uh, his, his fellow Oxford professor, John Lennox, yeah. who's a professor of mathematics who uh, Dawkins says is not a scientist because he doesn't hold to the views that Dawkins himself holds to. So because he believes in miracles, uh, Dawkins says this man is not a scientist. He's not worthy of debating. So professor of, of mathematics at Oxford, which is pretty impressive, I have to say. One would have thought. Uh, but because he doesn't think in the same way as Dawkins, Dawkins, the snob, then says he's not worthy of debate. Thus, I w- <laughs> I think the reality is that uh, I think Dawkins is out of his depth in the issues that he speaks to regularly, matters of faith. Yeah. His understanding of Christian theology is, quite frankly, embarrassing. Yeah. If, if I spoke about biology uh, with, uh, and tried to present myself as credible in that way, in the way that he does about Christian theology, people would be ridiculing me. Yeah. And they should be ridiculing Dawkins, except it fits into a media bias that is against the Christian faith, quite frankly. And it must be said on Dawkins' uh, account, he is the professor of the public understanding of, of, uh, yeah. of science. Now, that is a chair that was created for him. And Dawkins, as a scientist, I'm not a scientist, but well, I... Just to explain, a chair, most people realize that means a professorship. It university. is, it is. But he's, this professorship was created explicitly for him because he is a very good propagandist for science. And mm. he's, a, he's a very good writer. He's very readable. 
Um, but his own credentials as a scientist are much in dispute in the scientific community. They find some of his, particularly his utterances on the Christian faith, highly embarrassing. I'm glad you said this because, I mean, I don't know Dawkins. I knew Chris I don't either. well. I, I used to work with him. And, he, and he, very funny, very charismatic, very impressive man, and often a very kind man too. But his writings on faith were third rate. They were third rate. Dawkins is very good in his field, but again, his understanding of theology is not impressive. But he is a propagandist. He does communicate well. And there's a certain sexiness to embracing him. So people say, oh, look, have you read Dawkins? My God. Yeah, uh, there are much better than Dawkins. Bertram Russell's a, a much better mind, for example. But yes, he is. Th- th- there, are, there are wonderful minds on both sides of the debate, but mm. only one side is listened to in popular mass media. Well, Dawkins says that his view is the scientific view, which is a loaded term. Uh, and to say, that, to say that is to say if anyone doesn't agree with you, then they're not scientific. But mm-hmm. his understanding of science, uh, it doesn't pass the bar of what he uses to distinguish what science is, which is that it has to go through the, uh, the, uh, the experimental method. Well, what experimental method has he used to come up with his definition of science? He says that if you prove it through evidence... And I can replicate that that is science. Well, that reduces the uh, understanding of experience very narrowly. So science is only something that can be demonstrable in a laboratory. Well, many of the things that we take for granted and and think are entirely uh, rational, we can't prove in a laboratory like that. So he is a reductionist. And actually, specifically, he's a logical positivist. Well, logical positivism went the way of the dodo in scientific circles yes. 50 years ago. It's a very uh, tired uh, philosophy today. Entirely discredited. Kepler, Newton, uh, Copernicus, uh, Faraday. I mean, the, the, the Christian scientists, the, the list just goes on to this day. and on and on. But it, it, um, it, it, it's fascinating, really, to see how the whole culture has been uh, swerved and shaped in, in the specific way that he's... Because he... Pretend, well, no, because he acts clever, because he appears clever, and because, frankly, he is clever. He's, he's in clever. certain areas, he must know the answers to everything. And yes. in areas of theology, he doesn't even ask the right questions. He doesn't the ask right the right answers. questions, and he receives the wrong answers as a result. And he ridicules anyone who, who looks at the issues differently than his. He says, again, he reduces reason to what he calls science. And again, mm-hmm. that means that anybody who thinks differently than he is is as a consequence, irrational. Well, if he wants to come on this show and debate, uh, there is a table, albeit a very small one, and another chair for him here. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share it with friends, but do not charge for or alter the material in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. Thank you.